Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, August 29th. A Father Joe's team faces challenges as the city of San Diego enforces an unsafe camping ordinance. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. An excessive heat warning in the county's inland valleys and desert areas has been extended to 8 p.m. tomorrow. Temperatures are expected to reach close to 100 in the county's inland areas today. In the deserts, temps could reach up to 118, and in the mountains, temperatures will be in the low 90s. It'll be a lot cooler in the county's coastal areas where temperatures will be in the high 70s. The City of San Diego's Commission on Police Practices will hold its first meeting tonight. The commission will review complaints about police misconduct, officer-involved shootings, and in-custody deaths. It will also have the power to launch independent investigations and subpoena witnesses. The commission is the result of an initiative aimed at increasing independent oversight of police. It's taken nearly three years for city council members to seat the new commission. Meanwhile, an interim commission has struggled to keep up with reviewing complaints against officers. There's a backlog of more than 100 cases. A Boya water advisory that was in place late last week for areas in the South Bay was lifted over the weekend, but affected residents are being asked to still take some precautions. The advisory was issued for Coronado, Imperial Beach, and parts of Chula Vista and San Diego after E. coli was found in the drinking water system. California American Water is a private company that runs the South Bay water system. Before the advisory was lifted, an official at the company said they think a contaminated faucet was to blame for the positive E. coli test and are confident the water is not actually contaminated. The company is now advising customers in impacted areas to flush the plumbing in their buildings or homes by running all cold water faucets for at least five minutes. And ice from ice makers should be discarded and replaced. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The street health team from Father Joe's Villages is a small but trusted group of outreach workers and medical professionals. They provide care and support to the unsheltered community in downtown San Diego. Reporter Melissa May says, as the city enforces its unsafe camping ordinance, the team faces even more challenges. On a recent day in downtown San Diego, the Father Joe's Villages street health team gets ready to head out in their van, nicknamed Florence Nightingale, to check in with their homeless clients. I know that my team is out there doing good work and helping people connect the dots to get the care they need. Monday through Friday, twice a day, Supervisor Jennifer Wilkins and her team work on building relationships with the homeless community by showing up and following through with the goal of getting them into shelter. 
when they tell Michelle, hey, I'm, I'm considering getting into shelter. Can you tell me what that looks like? What are my options? That's success. When we start having those meaningful conversations about what they can do to start making some progress, that's success. You wouldn't know it when you meet them, but Wilkins and her street health teammate, Michelle Lefevre, overcame addiction themselves. Also formerly homeless, Lefevre says her outreach work is a way of living amends for her past. I understand my clients. Like, I've been where they've been. I understand what it means to, you know, to that need to hide the pain. Use, you know, substances as a solution. I get all that. But now, also what I get is I get that there is, like, life after that if you work hard for it. I think that's what makes me bond with my clients. According to the San Diego District Attorney's Office, homeless San Diegans are 118 times more likely than the general population to die of a drug overdose. Each member of the team carries a backpack. One has medical supplies, as well as Narcan and other medications to reverse overdoses. Another carries more basic necessities, which they call tools of engagement. We're walking up to people, they look at us and they're just like, bother me, right? But I mean, how does that look if I walk up carrying a water and a snack? So sometimes this could mean whether or not they stick their head outside the tent. Those tools and connections go a long way. They can eventually lead clients to reveal personal information that makes it easier for the team to follow up and track their progress. But we can get people uh, registered into the system so that we can document on them later. Father Joe's psychiatrist, Dr. Safi Ahmed, says many unsheltered residents have anxiety, depression, and likely experienced some form of trauma. He credits the team's ability to break down barriers. They're the hero for building those connections. That's probably the biggest issue, trust, and building that rapport. I mean, some of these people have been really hurt and abused their whole lives, and trust is hard to build, and so the outreach team does that. Once that's built, that's when I come in. In the last year, the team has helped move about 20 people into permanent housing and almost 60 into shelters. But thousands more still live on the street. And with the city's new unsafe camping ordinance, Lefevre says it's made their job more difficult. This is supposed to be a solution to help, not to hinder. And when clients are actually willing to receive that help, and that's not the first thing that's being offered, it's, it's heart-wrenching. And so for us as a health, uh, street health team, it's been hard to find our clients. It's been hard to find our patients. When asked for a response to this, a City of San Diego spokesperson said in part, the goal of the unsafe camping ordinance is to communicate that our sidewalks are not an acceptable place to live and to encourage unhoused people to work with their case managers to get on a path to end their homelessness. We're seeing success on that front. Seeing the homeless crisis on an intimate level day after day, the street outreach team says the first step to solving homelessness is getting more boots on the ground to build that trust and ultimately move people off the street and into housing. Melissa May, KPBS News. Tomorrow in part two of this story, we'll hear from a few of the team's clients, including a formerly homeless woman who's now in her own apartment. An SDSU student reported being sexually assaulted on Sunday by someone the student believed was a rideshare driver. Reporter Alexander Wynn spoke with students on campus about how they stay safe. 
With the semester just starting, the San Diego State campus is bustling with activities. One thing that was on top of mind Monday for many students was the sexual assault over the weekend by someone a student believed was a rideshare driver. Graciela Garcia is a freshman at SDSU. She says the incident made her more alert when using ride-sharing services. Especially because it was like, it could be coming or going from school. And since I do that every day, it's like, I could be at threat sometimes too. SDSU says university police and SDPD have increased patrol on campus and the surrounding area with the start of the fall semester. University police also advise students to use the SDSU Safe app to share their location in real time when using ride-sharing services. Officials say you should also trust your instincts and avoid poorly lit areas. Alexander Nguyen, KPPS News. California is investing $3 million in an effort to predict when and where ocean waters near Imperial Beach might be contaminated. Environment reporter Eric Anderson says state officials and researchers gathered late last week in the South Bay City to discuss the initiative. San Diego researchers are in the process of developing a forecasting tool that will predict when the ocean will be full of pathogens. The ocean off the coast of Imperial Beach has suffered decades of contamination that includes trash, toxic chemicals, and untreated sewage runoff. Scripps Institution of Oceanography researcher Andrew Barton says the new model will incorporate how long target pathogens survive in the ocean. We'll conduct regular water sampling at beach and coastal locations uh, to pinpoint the types of pathogens that are present and their abundances. We'll also sample extreme events such as heavy rainfall and associated runoff. San Diego's state lawmakers got funding for the project into the latest state budget. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, what to expect at the airport if you're traveling this Labor Day weekend. We'll have that story and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A group of computer scientists at UCSD say they have a way to repurpose the tens of millions of smartphones we stop using every year. You put their computing power to work in the cloud or in company data centers. SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge has the story. How long do you keep and use your smartphone? An estimated two and a half years on average. The battery wears out or there's this new improved model you just got to have. 
Thing is, there are parts of that old smartphone that are still working and useful. So people are getting rid of these devices every couple years or so, and they still have a powerful processor within them. Jennifer Switzer is a Ph.D. student at UC San Diego who was lead author of a paper that outlined a method of reusing smartphone processors. Unwanted phones are clustered together with the same operating system, so their combined computing power can create a small data center. This would extend the life of valuable hardware and reduce carbon emissions linked to building new computers. Computer science and engineering professor Pat Panuto is Switzer's advisor. He says tests show the system is is viable. We've built a little 10-phone cluster. We've proven it works. We've proven you can distribute jobs across it. And now we want to go to n equals 100, n equals 1,000, and say, all right, what happens if we start to run real workloads? So if you've got an old smartphone at home dozing in a drawer, it may have a future life. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. It's been a busy summer at the San Diego International Airport. Reporter John Carroll says over the next week or so, things will get even busier. Passenger counts at the airport have pretty much returned to pre-pandemic levels. Airport spokeswoman Nicole Hall says as the Labor Day holiday approaches, the number of passengers traveling through the airport will be going up. Based on what we've seen during this summer, we will have about 80,000 people coming and going through the airport during the Labor Day holiday each day. The big numbers will happen at a time when construction of the new Terminal 1 and Terminal 1 parking garage is in full swing. Hall says to allow at least two hours to deal with construction delays, even more if you're traveling internationally. She says the Terminal 1 parking garage should be complete by the end of next year. The terminal itself, not until 2028. John Carroll, KPBS News. A new small Macy's will be opening up in Santee by the end of the year. The department store chain has been hit hard economically by online shopping and the pandemic. The small format store, about a fifth the size of a typical Macy's, will open up in Santee's Trolley Square. Its smaller size is meant to reduce rent and staffing costs and provide a better place for shoppers to browse. Mira Kolpik is the founder of Bottom Line Marketing and a business commentator for our newsroom. You know, they're really trying to make it a more streamlined, more convenient. They're trying to cr- make it a more curated experience so people can come in and kind of see all that Macy's has to offer. Macy's has opened similar stores in a handful of locations around the country, mostly on the West Coast and the Northeast. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday.